Good morning. I need to begin this morning with a quick explanation regarding the selection of our text for today. Every so often, the lectionary will have two or three more portions which can individually stand as the subject for the sermon. Sometimes the lectionary includes the entirety of the passage, and it is all read, and a sermon is developed focusing on one portion or another, or can be the attempt to weave the two together. Other times, such as today, the lectionary sets a portion of the text within parentheses, which states that it is at the priest's option if it is read or included in the sermon. Today happens to be one of those days. The result is, who may be listening to this message online, as well as another message, or message, they might think that there has been some great departure from the lectionary when different texts, and therefore different focuses of the message, are heard today. Because the portion, which is for today's lectionary purposes, considered optional, is the portion which will be the focus of our session for the next few minutes. Our text for today, the 15th chapter of the Gospel of St. Matthew, beginning in the verse. This passage might seem a bit difficult, out of place today, when it is the focus of everyone to wash your hands and frequently to help reduce the risk of spreading coronavirus. And in this passage, Jesus says, that people do not need to wash their hands with what seems to be a full and final pronouncement. To eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. Therefore, let me start by being extremely clear that people need to keep washing their hands. Washing your hands to help reduce the risk of spreading coronavirus. Washing your hands to reduce the spreading of other forms of bacteria and virus. Washing your hands to prevent who knows what contaminants a person may have picked up on their hands from any number of surfaces being spread to his or her food. This passage, as we shall soon see, is not about basic personal hygiene requirements in order to be physically clean and reducing the chance of illness and or food contamination. In fact, however, it is not perfectly clear when we begin in the 10th verse, which is the start of our passage according to the lectionary. That is where Jesus called the people to him and said to them, Hear and understand, it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth that defiles a person. Reading that, statement and the closing statement read a moment ago a person might be confused and think jesus was speaking of and against the simple practice of washing your hands for the sake of cleanliness therefore for a brief moment we will back up in the text and see that in chapter 15 excuse me yes chapter 15 Beginning in the first verse, we see the Pharisees challenging Jesus over the disciples not washing their hands, and this is a key element of the text, 
in the tradition of the elders. We have here the indication that this is a ceremonial act rather than one for the sake of personal hygiene. Not only it is, is it a merely ceremonial washing of the hands, it's not even found in the law. The Jewish historian of the time, Josephus, explains that the Pharisees had delivered to the people a great many observances by secession from their fathers, which are not written in the law of Moses. And for that reason, it is that the Sadducees reject them and say that we are to esteem, we are, reject them and say, we are to esteem those observances to be obligatory, which are written in the word, but are not to observe what are derived from the tradition of our forefathers. Now we understand that it is not only the disciples who did not wash their hands the way the Pharisees wanted them to. It is the Sadducees also who recognized that the Pharisees' practices were not according to the law as delivered by Moses. The question at hand is a matter of what the Pharisees demanded as a means of ritual purity, not physical cleanliness. And the Sadducees were opposed to those extra layers of requirements put in place by the Pharisees. This means what we have going on here is, as a bit of background to the story, is that the Pharisees and the Sadducees are having a little doctrinal turf war. And Jesus, with his disciples, are caught in the middle of it. Jesus takes the Pharisees to task for their additions to and corruptions of the law, and then turns to those who are with him and begins the explanation that we have as the start of our text this morning. Those people would have already seen the back and forth between Jesus and the Pharisees, and they know that Jesus is talking about ritual purity rather than hygiene when he says what follows. This this knowledge that we now have gives us the context for the rest of what Jesus says and why he says it. We are now just as equipped as those who were there in person to understand his meaning. Now I have to admit a bit of bias is why I chose to utilize what is seemingly the optional text rather than the primary text, and that is because it is one of my favorites. Not because it is reassuring, or holds great promise, or is comforting, or many of the other things that people typically ascribe to a text as the reason for it being their favorite. Now, other people may find any one of those things in the text. It's just a matter of their perspective. But for me, this text is my favorite because it is convicting. Let's look at it again. And Jesus called the people to him and said to them, Hear and understand. It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles the person, but what comes out of the mouth. This defiles a person. I will use my own story and invite you to consider where you find yourself 
in regards to Jesus' words. In my younger years, I developed a rather profane vocabulary. It was accepted in my work environment, and if I were ever challenged over it regarding the commandments, I would point out that the commandment used to swear off swearing is actually a command against taking the Lord's name in vain. As I did not take the Lord's name in vain, no matter how profane the language, I was not breaking the commandment. I, like the Pharisee, followed the letter of the law while using the law to excuse my wrong actions. This answered the answered the vast majority of my critics. Although they were no more happy and still rightfully concerned about my profane language. On rare occasions, I would cross paths with a person with a more substantial understanding of the Bible, and those persons would confront me with the words of Paul as he wrote to the Ephesians, saying, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such is as good for building up, as fit the occasions, that it may give grace to those who hear. I do not recall how I deflected that passage, but I had my answer, and I, thinking myself smarter than the average bear, or in this case critic, parsed the passage in such a way as it turned to my advantage, and I excused myself of the profane language. Then the day come. No critic, no person telling me I was wrong, no outsider trying to correct me. None of those things. Instead, I was reading the Bible, and I read our passage for today and focused on this concept of what enters the mouth versus what exits the mouth. Once again, the beginning and the conclusion of our passage. And Jesus called the people to him and said to them, Hear and understand. It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person but what comes out of the mouth that defiles a person. Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander, these are what defile a person. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. I was shocked. What comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. What we talk about reveals the content of our heart, a way of saying then, as it still is, the essence of who we are. For the first time, I was convicted over the use of profanity. I suddenly realized that if my speech was profane, my heart was profane. And I did not want a profane heart. I did not want to be, and do not want to be, a profane person. At that moment, I committed to removing profanity from my vocabulary. It was a difficult thing to accomplish, and it has not been completely accomplished but it has been a worthwhile effort and is worth the continued effort to finish the job. There you have my story.
and how a simple reading of this text made a massive change within me. Now, I invite you to consider your speech. What do you speak of? What does it reveal about the contents of your heart? What comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. So ask yourself, what do you say? What do you text? What do you tweet? What do you Instagram? What do you Facebook? What are you revealing about the contents of your heart? What are you revealing, revealing about the very essence of who you are? Does it build up or does it tear down? Is it edifying or is it defiling? May we all follow the guidance I once found a way to explain away. Let no corrupting talk come out of our mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Amen.